They say love is patient, they say love is kind Marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wine Spousing is a journey, not for the faint of heart Being married to a human is a science and an art Hey Katie! Hey Lauren! We did that backwards, I feel like it's usually the other way around do we have any kind of like a set schedule for that? Like who says hey I first? Know. I guess maybe we should just get a little, we need our own Steven to like let us know who needs to go first. Yeah, like from My Favorite Murder. Do you think oh, that yeah. he um, has some side gig time that he could do just like pro bono for us? Uh, yeah, probably. probably. I mean, he, he, he just has his own podcast and they just run a podcast ne network and they only have like one of the most popular podcasts of all time. They're like I never on tour. Never on tour, never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually want to tell you about something embarrassing. Yep. Uh, so yesterday I took my car to the mechanic, mm -hmm. and I was on, on the you way there. You are always, always at the mechanic. Girl. Like, literally always. That's, like, it, one of your things. <laughs> it's not my, I don't want that thing. I do not identify with that. <laughs> um, I, I know, know you don't identify with that, but I can tell you on my, on what, I can count five times, Lauren, off the top of my head, stories of you in a car. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally. I don't know, I don't know how. I'm just... <laughs> okay. I, I, you've I, also I, talked about you. Listeners can attest that you've talked about you at the mechanic on this podcast <laughs> twice before. <laughs> it's like brisket all over again. You want, you want me to lie? Okay, I was at the dentist. No, the story doesn't work unless I'm at the mechanic, and that's where I was. <laughs> I kind of want you to do it as if you were at the dentist. No, I can't. Because okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. People don't drive their car into the dentist's office, which is okay. what I did. I mean, but it wasn't the dentist, it was the mechanic. Let's start okay. over. I'm at the mechanic. Okay. <laughs> Honesty is one of my values. Um, <laughs> so I was at the mechanic and I've like pulled up and I put like my, uh, I was listening to our podcast and I put it on pause and then I like park the car and I tell him what's going on, whatever. And he's like, okay, he takes the car and he drives it like into his little shop and he's tinkering, whatever. He's like sitting in the car, moving all the stuff around, you do mechanic stuff, like problem solving. And so yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And then he like comes out, he talks to me and he's like, here's what I think it is. And then he back, he, I was like, okay, great. He's like, get back in the car, backs it out to me. And all of a sudden I hear our own podcast, like through the car. It had been on the whole time. And I'm sure he was like, this, fuck, this girl, she just listens to herself talk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that he recognized that that was you? I'm sure. No, men are really not as perceptive as you think. Okay, well, I've just been told since, like, the second grade that I have a very specific vo vocal quality and that my teachers would always know it was me that I was when I was talking because my no, voice No, that's is true. Like, you sound like Lauren. You do. I, yeah. You probably thought you were crazy. I was trying to use sexism to comfort you. Yeah, and well, it did not I work. appreciate it. It didn't work. No, it didn't. I know. So anyway. We're too progressive for that. I'm so sorry. That is embarrassing. But also, right. maybe it was good promo. You have no idea if he learned something good and brought it home to his wife later that night. I really hope he did. Or husband. Or husband. Yeah, yeah you I never know. did his to his spouse. Mm-hmm. To his spouse, yeah. Um, yeah. I just heard you crack open something that sounds tasty. What are you drinking? Oh, yeah. This is another uh, local brewery. Oh, this is in Norfolk, which is like the city next door to Virginia Beach. Um, it's a passion fruit gosa, and it's from the brewery called Coelacanth, which is actually kind of fish. It's an ugly fish. Ooh, Ooh okay, Our little cool. slogan is ugly fish, beautiful beer. But the It's can a passion is still really fruit? Pretty. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, my, um, we have an intern in our program right now who I love. She's so cute and young and so like ambitious. She's, she, um, 
is like imagine Ren from Even Stevens. That's exactly oh, her. I love her. Yes. She's precious. Whoa, Tori you is just her name. Really brought me back to a spot. I know. She's adorable. And you can tell that, like, obviously that would be, like, as a high schooler, that would be annoying, but I'm sure. But, like, as an adult, that's really, really cute in, like, a 21-year-old. So, at least to me it is. So, she was just saying. Oh, go ahead. What about Ren? What about Ren? My intern. The intern that we have is exactly like Ren. That's exactly who she is. And she was talking about. Okay, so you said Ren and my brain shut down. So, (laughs) I'm just making sure I knew all there was to know. And now I've forgotten what we were talking about. This is like the second time I've done this today while we were talking. Uh, because I got up on. Beer, passion fruit goes. Passion, passion fruit. fruit. Yes. Yeah. We were doing our gratitude group the other day in my, in um, my hospitalization program. And she was participating. And because she's not a patient, I can share what she said. She said that she was grateful for passion fruit because it's so tasty and so like happy in color. Mm, so yeah. I, that's the second time I've heard passion fruit this week. Maybe I should go get something with passion fruit. Yeah, you probably should. It's like mm-hmm. springy too, so it's an appropriate. Oh my time gosh, for it. preach! Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I have that special summer feeling today on March the fourteenth, which is <laughs> the day before your birthday. Well, it's the day before my birthday, but it is and also Ruth Bader Ginsburg's birthday. That's true. We are birthday twins. I forgot, and now I remember, and I love that, and I'm so glad that she will be around tomorrow. Praise uh-huh. God for another for another trip around the sun. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, and it is 64 degrees outside, and it is beautiful, and the sun is out, even though it's um, a quarter till seven, and it's just like I've had a really good attitude this winter. I think that like you can agree that like I've yeah. been in a good place. But gosh, this just feels like a reward. Yeah, and so, no kidding. With that, I am drinking a drink that goes along with that so nicely. Um, Everybody knows Trogues, I hope. You know Trogues. Yeah. Um, Trogues is a craft brewery up here in Hershey. Um, but also, it's super, super popular now. Mark actually just told me that it just won, like, it just got ranked, like, the, the number six most popular craft brewery in the country. Um, wow. Which is, cool. like, yeah, I guess that's kind of cool. So, <clears throat> anyway, I am drinking their first cut IPA, which is rare for me because I do not like IPAs typically. Mm. But it is an... Have you had it? Yes, it's good. Oh, oh it's so good. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love the name First Cut. That makes me, like, just... I just love the what it evokes. Like, I feel like it sets the whole thing up for, like, spring. Because um, it's, like, the first... And on the on the label, it's, like, hops Great. being cut. Yeah. yeah. Um, and But it's not too bitter. It's really good, um, respectable alcohol content. Um, I, I love it. And so it says, I'm going to read you the little thing on the side. Each spring hop growers dust off their pruning shears and trim the first shoots, bolstering the, bolstering the binds for a rich growing season. First cut, a mouthful of silky Simcoe and a touch of mango is a nod to this ritual without which the world would be a less hoppy place. Ah, It just feels like spring and it's putting me in a good mood. And it's my second one that I've had today. So, and I'm so happy that you are enjoying an IPA. Yeah, yeah. Well, this Mark got a pack this weekend because he was in a really good mood um, because I had agreed to go watch a sporting event with him. So he got a pack of, yeah, thank you very very much. And it was actually really fun. I quite enjoyed myself. Um, And he picked up a pack of, like, craft beers from Trogues. And one of them was a boysenberry gosa. And I drank all of those already Mm. because I loved them. Yeah, that Um, was delicious. And I convinced myself that they were good because they were fermented with, like, good gut bacteria. So I was like, oh, I better drink them all because my digestion. Yeah, well, (laughs) I I think I'm going to need to sample that on our uh, 
podcast retreat weekend. Yeah, we're going to have a business retreat, y'all, and we're going to consume a beer or two. And also, Lauren's going to have to sit through some Game of Thrones, even though she might not want to. (laughs) I'll bring a book. These things are non-negotiable. She can bring a book. Yes. Yeah. And, and you yeah, have Millie, so I'll sig- be fine. Way too violent for you, so maybe bring headphones, too. Yeah, oh, I'm planning on it. Yeah, okay, I'll good. probably listen to, my, to our own podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> um, what is the state of your union this week, my friend? Ah, I want to tell you about it, but before we do, I wonder oh. if we ought to get into a listener queue. Oh my gosh, yes, we should. Okay, all right, so it's actually I like this so a- much. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually more of a listener demand. Oh, so- it, Uh-oh. It just are says, we about are we in trouble? I'm so afraid of that. No, we're just Okay. I like it's just a, it's a request but it's more forceful. So I feel like okay. we're demand. It just okay. says talk about the politics of taking your partner's last name. Oh, I So I'm, that's oh. what we're going to talk about. Oh, so gosh. I know you have feelings Ugh. on this. Do you feel led to start? You want me to start? Feel led to start. You've been going to church recently, I can tell. That's some church language. Girl, that's church language from like that's deep in me. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I so yes, I will start um, because you and I, I think, have really different politics on this. So Absolutely. one of the things yeah. that I have really so one of the cool things about this podcast and like our personal friendship is that it's really brought into light all of the ways in which our marriages are super similar and all of the ways in which our marriages are different. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ways that I've been surprised, although I think that I intellectually knew but I didn't really understand. Um, I've been surprised at how political your marriage is. Um, and anyway, I'm interested to hear how you, the politics of this, well, my marriage is very political too, but how they're political in very different ways and yeah. how oftentimes th- you and me, how oftentimes seemingly opposite choices can be making the same political statement. And I find that to be very like interesting in our friendship. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And this is one of those instances where we made, I believe, really different choices for similar political reasons. Um, And I'm interested to hear if you agree with that or not. But I definitely, I changed my last name. Mark and I share a last name. I was cranky about it. Um, I want to be careful about how I talk about it because this is something that really matters a lot to my husband and like... And I've come to understand that I've come to really understand his perspective and be empathetic with him. I don't agree with his perspective, but I'm sensitive to it. Um, And his perspective is that he I never wanted to change my last name because it doesn't make any sense to me why one partner would be expected by culture to do something and the other partner would not. I think of Mark and I as equal, completely equal partners in our relationship and I don't like that I would be expected to do something because of my gender that he would not be expected to do or even that would be like culturally taboo for him to do. Like to me, that just smells like bullshit. So he was really upset about it and we didn't really talk about it and we kind of ignored the issue for a while. And then as it got closer to the closer to the situation, I asked a couple people for their opinions on it. Nobody gave me really good advice. Um, I well, people gave me people just told me what they did, and um, they weren't considering often the things that I was considering. I guess is what it is. Um, the advice was probably very good, but it was just what they did. So anyway, ultimately, Mark ended up making what I thought was a convincing argument, um, which was that it did not need to be. It, 
politically correct, and I hate, and I don't mean that in like the way that people say like OPC. He meant like it, in this instance, we didn't need to think about the politics of it. He had always just dreamt of having somebody named Mrs. Bingaman in his life. And at first that wasn't appealing to me, but then he said, he pointed out that I really wanted my dad to walk me down the aisle. And he pointed out that that was a very patriarchal tradition. And he asked me why I wanted to do that. And I said, because I just always dreamt of that. I've just always wanted it like that. Um, And I understood and I acquiesced. And it took me a really long time to accept it. I was really, I would say I was, I would definitely say I acquiesced. I did not um, wholeheartedly agree. I still have mixed feelings about it. Um, I really do. But I also feel like Katie Bingaman now. And I feel, um, I feel very at peace with it and I'm comfortable with it, but I I feel guilty uh, about the politics of it. It really doesn't agree with my politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I re- yeah, I remember yeah. your narrative at the time when you're trying to make this decision. Oh, good, you're I really, don't. <laughs> you, you were really seeking a reason that you should have that you should share the same last name, or that it should be his name, or but especially that you should share the same last name that didn't involve children. Yeah, because everybody's thing was. If you have children, you want them to have, like, blah, 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 children. children and that children. just didn't like, well, seem that's... like, a, a, that seemed like a, a really scalable hurdle for me. You know, I'm going to have hurdles in my life, and that seems like one of the ones I'm willing to, to scale. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you and your mom have different last names, right? Well, now we do because my mom changed her last name when she moved to Florida, which is a whole other story. <laughs> oh, okay. But when you but, were growing up. I didn't know if that's yeah, she didn't. Like she didn't change she was... her last name until she moved to Florida. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, yeah, you're definitely right. It is a scalable hurdle. It's a, it's a paperwork issue. And, and there is, it, there is really no wrong decision there, like in terms of what anyone decides to do with their name. Yeah. But, well, but and for you, I think it makes sense that, that the thing that sort of, well, and I remember that the person that kind of made this argument, uh, okay. So you said, I want to, I want someone to give me a reason that I need to change my name that doesn't involve children. And then we were talking about it. And then like maybe the next day or very recent, very soon after that, you were like, Mark and I sat down and we talked it out and we decided that, that the reason is unity. And that's our, well, one of our values is it, it, being together and being a united front. And so, wow. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad I said that. That makes me feel yeah. really, even now, like the discomfort that I'm here, like that I'm even feeling now talking about it. Cause obviously I'm not, I'm still not settled with it. That is what it's about to me. And like one of the things that Mark and I struggle with, and we're actually actively talking about this right now, is both we have we both have a tendency to be really stubborn and then resentful. We both know that it's important and, and necessary. Drink. Drink. Uh, we both know that it's important and necessary for couples to compromise and like for some people to make sacrifices. And so we do, but I think both of us stew on that. Um, and I know that I definitely made the decision but I stewed um and, okay so and you know that the subject of the most notorious fight of me and Mark's entire relationship so yes yeah um you know that poorly constructed reality tv show that I recommended a few episodes back <laughs> called married at first sight uh-huh okay so they were ha- one of the couples was having an issue with um in terms of compromise and one of the therapists sat down with them and said um 
what you need to do, and, and I'm not saying this is sound advice, because again, this is from a poorly constructed reality TV show, but it is something that made me think, and I think you could take seeds of it and make and construct yeah. something useful out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, that there's a difference between compromise and sacrifice, and what you need to do is write write yourself and choose, like you could actually physically write down what are your like values in terms of your marriage, and, mm-hmm. and then have your partner do the same. And when you're trying to reach a decision, if you have to give up one of those things that's on your list of values, then you might be in sacrifice territory and not compromise territory. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good point. That's a really good point. But so one of the one of the things that I and that's it's OK to make sacrifices, though. And I think we have to make sacrifices because ultimately I, I offered a bunch of compromises to Mark but they weren't satisfying to him. And I understand why they weren't. I really understand why they weren't like completely a hundred percent understand. So I think it's okay to sacrifice as long as you come to it with a heart of compassion, you know, and I, for Mark, I was like, okay, if we want to have the same last name, like let's both change it to like bond. We can be the bonds. Like, cool. Like we can be whatever we want to be. Like, let's both change it. And he really did not want that. Um, And so, and I understood why. And I can't, it's just, it's okay that Mark isn't the type of, like, this is, and I I feel like some people would really disagree with this, and that's okay, but for me, it's okay that Mark isn't as deeply political as me, and (laughs) just because he's not doesn't mean that the things that he wants and cares about don't matter just as much, you know? And I really, it's that to me is, it's a worthy practice, so. Okay, so there's two things I'm thinking of. The first is that, it is okay to have divided feelings about it even now because it's the it's the whole idea that the strength of a marriage is it's it's ability to hold tension and disagreement without division like mm-hmm. that you can still feel all those cons- conflicted feelings the, right. the 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 four horsemen of the apocalypse though yeah the, the first the one of the first is resentment and so it just as long contempt. as it's not Contempt, yeah. As long as it's not building into a, into a sense of contempt, then... Well, for me, one of the things that really helps with that is when we, uh, when Mark and I develop a, um, a sense of humor around it, when we can... And I know people say that humor is a defense mechanism, but for me, in my life, I've never been somebody who's been funny enough to naturally use it as a defense mechanism. So my... Like, when I use humor, it's in order to help me understand that things aren't as serious as I think that they are. So when Mark and I can laugh together about the fact that I'm like, that I have his last name and I don't have mine or that like one of the things that I, that really irks me is when people address letters to us as Mr. And Mrs. Mark Bingaman, like that Ugh. makes me nuts. <laughs> yeah. And, we had like, to talk to the uh, DJ at your wedding about that. <laughs> oh, did you? Um, I, Alex did. Oh. <laughs> we had, a, as a team, we got together. We were like, we got to stop this. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I'm stopped in my tracks. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah. I, oh my gosh. I forgot what I was talking about. I'm going to cry. That's so <laughs> sweet. Yeah. It just makes me, it just not, drives me freaking nuts. And so, but also like, so when we can laugh about it, when people send us letters like that, because people are just, people aren't ever trying to be mean. Like my no, big thing right. these days is chilling the hell out. Like mm-hmm. I just, Intention. frankly, am a little bit. Yeah. Just like chilling out the tension. So I, yes, that is my, that's where I've come down on it. It's a really, really tough issue, but ultimately it's way more important for me to be soft with my partner around certain political edges. And that was an area where I was willing to sacrifice because I did not think that he was coming at me with any type of an oppressive motive. 
any right. more than I was trying to oppress myself, honestly, in my heart, any more than I was trying to oppress myself when I was letting my dad walk me down the aisle at my wedding, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I know, like, it's very different yeah, for you. It is a very, it's a very different thing. Because we've um, talked about it because you are one of the people who's never been able to give me really concrete advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, and it is very much a different, is it different yeah. culture because for, um, Caitlin and I living as a queer couple, one of the things that we're always fighting for is recognition. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I know it seems like a baseline, but it's really true. And, uh, so the idea of not having the same last name, I don't think was ever really a real possibility for us. We needed every possible piece of, uh, paperwork that showed an, the, an actual real legal union yeah. <laughs> recognized by the state. Um, so we definitely wanted to make sure that, and then for us too, we knew that we wanted to have children. And so then down the line, um, we have friends who didn't, they hyphenated, uh, queer married friends that hyphenated and we were talking to them about it and they were like, yeah, we kind of wish that we had just gone with the, uh, the last name, like just the one, because first of all, it's hard for my kid, my first grader to write the two last names. And second of all, it's just a little bit more clunky in terms of, um, like pick up and all, you know, drop off at school and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, those are like sort of the day-to-day -day things, but also I think more importantly, um, to me, it felt, it feels like family. And so it was really important that we share that. Uh, it's funny. I don't really can't tell you exactly how we came up with the idea. I had a story that I always told people when they asked me, like when people asked me whose name we're taking and I told yeah. them, I always told them it was because Caitlin has sisters and I have brothers so that there will be like, yeah. more, um, there'll be, there'll be kids around with my maiden name and there'll be, um, and ostensibly Caitlin's sisters would take their, uh, they're both straight. So they would take their husband's names. And yeah. so, you know, it was this whole thing. And, and that, I mean, I guess that's kind of true, but it's not the, that wasn't my reason. That wasn't my, my driving force. Um, I do like her name. I think it's pretty. And, uh -huh. I, I think and now you're in the front of, of the alphabet. That's true. I, I moved up in the alphabet. Um, <coughs> but I think ultimately, it's funny, every once in a while we have a conversation where I ask her, if I had asked, if it had been really important to me that you take my last name, how would you have felt about that? And I think I, Caitlin and I always talk about it ourselves in, in terms of flowers and we, and I'm a dandelion like and I she's an orchid and she's yep. an orchid and she yipped it so I knew that change for her would be really um like I just can't really imagine her as anything else other than than the name that she's had her whole life you know yeah so, yeah and I'm trying to think about I and without saying your full names out loud like I really feel like your name has a your your new name has a nice ring to it and maybe that's just because I I love it and I try to honor it because I know you love it and yeah um and I remember gosh speaking of that speaking of the ring to it I remember also telling you and my my really close friends around that time to start saying it more often to use it and get me used yeah. to it yeah because yeah. I didn't want to yeah. be ashamed of it I wanted to like use it yeah step into it. absolutely it's so I crazy also... to me oh go ahead oh no go ahead well, I was just going to say, it's crazy to me that for, for you and me, if we both had kids, it's kind of like transgressive. If I were to have a kid that, that did not have my last name, that would kind of be like the middle finger to the system. 
and for you to have a mm-hmm. kid with your and Caitlin's last name is kind of a middle finger to the system. Like nobody, like I almost feel like because of the fact that you and Caitlin share a last name, you can kind of say like, come at me, bro, to people. And I can kind of I'd like, and I kind of feel like my urge is to say, come at me, bro, to people, you know? And yeah. like, I don't know. It's just interesting that those are the exact opposite actions and how weird yeah. culture is. <laughs> yeah, the exact opposite, like. But the same, like. Or, like, the same driving force behind it, like, for for independence and autonomy and... um, And the opposite of a universal truth is also true. You always say that, and I never understand it, but this means that. This is that that thing. Yeah, Yeah, and that's Gretchen Rubin, it's not me. Uh, Yeah, she's all (laughs) over the place right now because of her her new book. Uh Uh-huh. Gretchen Rubin, yeah. I've heard her doing the podcast circuit, too. She is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, listener, for um, writing in. I, the politics of it are incredibly difficult. And I, I guess we didn't really talk about the politics of it. I think we talked about our personal experiences with it. But, like, Lauren and I, obviously, you guys should know at this point, like, consider politics in our personal decisions. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and personal in our political decisions, I mean, obviously. And oh, I was yeah. thinking about, too, like, I, for the last name thing, just as a a, a last thought on the conversation. I thought also it would be an olive branch to my in-laws. Oh, um, that's a really good point. Yeah. It didn't really turn out that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but but maybe it did. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I was looking for something, a response that I didn't get, but I thought it would be like very touching. But, you know, I think they were like, okay, cool. You know? <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. Well, that's also just kind of you, like you, you have like, um, a, like a, like a creative mind, like you imagine the scene beforehand and Absolutely. then like, yeah, <laughs> and then they're yeah. just also kind of straightforward people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess I don't really know like what other people do. Yeah. I mean, I well, was really excited when my brother, when my brother's wife took our name at the time. Really? I was really, really excited about that. Yeah. Oh. It's like, wow. Well, honestly, my mother-in-law, when I, she was the first person we called after he proposed to me, and the first thing she said is, I think Katie Bingaman sounds beautiful. Aww. And I, yeah, and it was really, really sweet, but at the time, it was like bone chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so, and now, in hindsight, again, guys, with like, Intention. With hindsight and a soft heart to the intention, we can, like, I think that that's, I'm proud, honest, do I, so my final way that I come down on that is, like, do I, do I love, do I love the decision? No. Am I proud that I made it? Yes. So, that's how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's a very good summation of that. Yeah. And you and Caitlin have obviously worked out, and I, like, Except for, I will say, the only thing about this is that your initials before made it, like, for a cute little nickname, LG. I love that. Yeah. I used to always call you that. But LA is a little bit more of a mouthful I to me. I still call myself LG. Can I call you LG still? Is I that okay? I really, really want you to. Okay. Like, oh, to, I still miss my name. I still miss my name. Okay, sure. good. Does anybody like, else call you LG? Uh, no, I don't think so. I sign my things that way sometimes. Yeah. Like, in emails and things. But I guess mostly to you. Yeah, I, and I don't even know when I started doing that. I didn't do that when we were in college. No. Yeah, I don't know. But in L.A., it's just like, it's like Lily. It just like kind of gets caught in my mouth, you know? So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Yeah. I'm glad we can still at least say the initial. See, you just can't take it too seriously. Oh, actually, wait, I want to say one more thing about this. One more okay. weird thing that I did is <laughs> I actually did not drop my maiden name 
Um, no, you didn't. Yeah. Nor did I drop my middle name. So my little way of compromising to myself was I kept my my middle name, my maiden, and my maiden name, and then I also took Mark's last name. But it, I did not hyphenate. I now just have two middle names. Mm-hmm. But being from the South, I like to monogram things, and I have not yet settled on what my actual monogram is, whether it's with my maiden name initial or my regular yeah. initial. And it's actually proven to be like a little bit of a thing. I haven't settled on it. So I have several things that are, have different monograms on them and I just don't know what to do. Am I Katie H. Bingaman or Katie R. Bingaman? I, when I'm writing it myself, I'm Katie. If I had a book, it would say Katie R. H. Bingaman. But, you know, they don't do it in a monogram. So that's that's my only, that's my last yeah, that's, little beef with my last name thing. Yeah, that's, but you know what, Katie? That is a solvable problem. Is it though? Is yes. it? Yes, I, it is. Embroiderers. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You know what? Thank you for giving me the perspectacles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do the briefest state of our unions? Yes, we shall. Because that was such a great, que- a great question and it obviously jogged like a million thoughts. Yeah, we have many thoughts on that. Okay, so the state of our unions. Uh, Katie, what's the state of yours? So, um... This is, well, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, today is the day before my birthday, so, which is great, um, and I'm excited, and I like my birthday, and it's also a Friday, which is a good day to have a birthday, Yes. Um, and Mark and I were talking the other day and just kind of reflecting on how this time last year, I was just in a lot of pain and, like, just not in a good place, Um, Mm -hmm. and my birthday this time last year was, like, not super... It was not it was not my favorite um, of my yeah. birthdays. And I think a big part of that was because I had really miscommunicated with Mark and then I was also in a really vulnerable place and I had a lot of expectations and like but I didn't communicate those expectations and I and was you didn't like have a podcast. And I didn't have a podcast at the time, <laughs> exactly. So this year, um, Marky Mark has made like a big effort to do he's doing exactly basically what I had asked him to do last year which was not make a big deal of my birthday but then he like took my advice last year and I got upset about it because turns out I actually have to be specific about what not make a deal me big deal means and like in hindsight that makes complete sense to me Um, so our expectations were different um but today or this year he's taking me out to some place that's kind of special but isn't too expensive but like is a is a place where like it's hard to get in because it's small um and then he booked a couple's massage for us for my birthday which I've never had one of those before so I've always wanted one and he said and this is my favorite part he said that he was gonna he thought about getting one just for me but then he knew that like I would be cranky that he wasn't there and he was exactly right that I would rather a couple's massage than a massage by myself 100% me too yes 100% me too so I am so psyched and it's like it's kind of it's low-key but it's not a big deal and like it's just going to be real and just the two of us and that's exactly what I want yeah that's uh I am so excited for you this is yeah a great weekend. Well, a relaxing weekend. A connect, I, an opportunity for connection. Yeah, and as somebody pointed out to me today, there's a lot of really good TV coming out tomorrow. So I'm like, so this and is you know, the only thing I really care about is TV. So yeah, and Mark. <laughs> yeah, and Mark. <laughs> TV and Mark, my two things. Friends waffles work. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, what over, what about you? Yeah, over on the this side of the East Coast, um, it's been quite a week. We. Mm-hmm. Um, had a, a significant health event in uh, my family, and um, 
my parents are out of town currently. And so Caitlin and I were trying to sort of um, figure out the logistics of, of care and figuring out how to, it's, I felt like the skill, my adult skills were really being tested this week. Right. Um, but I gotta say, in case of a family emergency, marry an ICU nurse because, oh my God, mm. she knew how to do things I had, I had no idea to even think about. And I think that the biggest overarching thing is that when you work with, in a hospital, well, I have like such a sense of hospital awe, like I don't know what to do, like I don't want to do the wrong thing or like, you know, bring this, whatever. And Caitlin understands like what's permissible in a way that is very uh, direct. And if like she brought a diffuser to uh, the hospital room and she knew where like to plug that, plug that in so that it would be out of the way. Um, and then my family member was put on a clear liquid diet and we went out and she knew exactly like, and I'm thinking, oh shoot, like he can have water or Sprite. And she's like, she, he can have jello, he can have this, he can have that, he can have this, and like help we like wow. did like a supermarket sweep and she knew exactly what to pick up. Oh um, yeah. And she just like made an effort, like went above and beyond and made an effort to um be there with my family even when, when I wasn't able to be there. And she was like the first person to show up and, and above and beyond all that kept me sane throughout that whole process. And so yeah. I just am feeling very <sighs> grateful i'm feeling mm-hmm. very she's like um, really doing the family member thing right now yeah like, that's awesome i'm so i'm i guess peaceful too like even i guess that's the thing about like really good partnership is that it keeps you afloat when the world is kind of like cracking underneath you mm-hmm. and so i feel i felt very like peaceful by that or but through yeah. that um, yeah so yeah that's i mean that's good was good stuff. It's uh, incredible how when bad, like, I'm so, since your family member is ostensibly safe, right? Yes. At this point, um, it's just really nice to, it's really nice when good things come out of negative or crisis type situations, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it is a blessing that you're able to see that gift in your, in your wife. Like, that's good that you're able to see that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it makes me feel kind of capable Mm-hmm. Like handling an emergency when usually if something huge happens in the family, like my parents will sort of take the head and we'll just kind of but you guys can do now. the details. Yeah. But now I know like I could we can do it. No, I can't. But we are can, you thinking you about know? this in the context of babies? Because that makes no. me think that you would be a really like that makes me think that you guys would be really good moms. But like, <laughs> no. I know. I'm sorry. I don't want to push it on you. <laughs> I don't mean to push it on you. I'm just saying that like you guys are capable. You're full no, adults. That, like that you can do I don't things. know how to do. Okay. But I do, like, I feel well, you guys like can when... care for children. You're a teacher and she's a baby nurse, so you guys can care for children. <laughs> <laughs> how about I say that? <laughs> she can bring a child into the world and I can teach Educate how to it. think critically. But how do you raise it? Don't but worry. everything else in the between you can't think about yeah, doing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that stuff. But, but the life stuff of, like, of managing, like, a family situation and a family emergency, I feel more, like, the adult- adultingness of all of that I yeah. feel capable of doing. Or That's more capable, awesome. I guess. Than yeah. That's uh, not an invitation, universe. I don't need any more. No, I don't think that the universe is like, look, I think that that is a misguided fear because I think that the universe appreciates you thanking it for the lesson. And I don't think that the universe is like, oh, yeah, let me throw some. I think that the universe is compassionate. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope so. Yep. Yeah. Well, good. All, All right. right. Well, what so, are we talking about um, today? Today we are going to talk about sp- support, which is brought to you by the incredible support of my spouse this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, 
Okay, so um, some of this research comes from a an article from Psychology Today. Uh, Joni E. Johnston, who is a doctor of psych- psychology, uh, wrote an article called The Supportive Spouse, How to Get the Right Kind of Emotional Support. So there's a little bit of research behind this. A series of Iowa studies, uh, University of Iowa um, studies, they studied 103 newly married husbands and wives, um, identified four kinds of support. Interestingly, the word support has almost as many interpretations as love. Uh-huh. If you I'm think sure. about it. Because yeah. there's, you can support your financial, your partner financially. You can support your partner emotionally. You can support your partner um, in f- physically. Well, and one so, of the things I used to talk about with my old patients is that support, support can be what feels good or support can be what is good for you you know like depending on what you think like somebody Mm. like you like if I'm an alcoholic and say like you're not supportive of what I want to do with my life like which might be like quit my job and drink all day right or you're being so supportive of me because you're trying to get me to stop doing that (laughs) right and there's there's a fine line between support enabling and support yeah Yeah. (laughs) and most people are most people that are enabling think they're being supportive so yeah yeah just saying (laughs) just uh, something to look uh, look for yep um okay so in this five-year study they they uh identified four specific kinds of support so the first is physical comfort and emotional support so this category encompasses things like listening empathizing taking your spouse's hand, giving your spouse a hug, all those kinds of things are physical and emotional. Right. Yeah, like soothing them, helping to soothe them and helping them to know that, like, that they're not alone in the decision-making. Reminds me of a little uh, episode we did on attachment. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's about attachment. Support is, in a lot of ways, about attachment behaviors. Yeah. Like, how am I responding to those attachment behaviors? I definitely think that's true. But I'm interested in the idea of support in terms of, like, ideas. Like, I can see... Okay, so that's... that's, Go ahead. That's in here. Okay, yeah. Well, I think. Okay, let me go over the four kinds, and then I actually want to dig into support in our own relationships and how we give and receive it. So you've got physical comfort, emotional support. That's the first. The second is esteem support, which is expressing confidence in your partner and providing encouragement. So -hmm. this is the you can do it kind of support. I believe in you. You've you've got this type thing. The The third is informational support, giving advice, gathering information. So, mm-hmm. like, right now we're having a little bit of a car crisis, and so I feel like it's, um, this is, like, a time where I'm looking for informational support to, to go out and gather the information, and then we can make the decision. Um, I haven't... Well, any- and it also... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it also, like, I, that also made me think, I thought about it in a different way, like... Um, if you're going through something, asking you questions about it and being curious about it, like gathering information about what was going on in the situation in order to like share the emotional burden of the situation, you know? Interesting. That's what I, was I would put of. that in the first category of physical huh. comfort and emotional support. Yeah. That's to true. me, this seems like, okay, so I have this new theory that life is a series of decisions that you have to make before you have all the information. And so I feel like that, like mm-hmm. you can do your best to gather all the information, but that there's a lot of work behind <coughs> that. Nobody has all the answers, so there's right. so many sources you have to go through. Right. And so that informational support, I guess, is kind of sharing that particular kind of burden right, of right. finding information and trying to make the best decisions that you can. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the last kind of support is tangible support. So this would be the actual taking on a responsibility so your spouse can deal with a problem, helping to brainstorm solutions to that problem. Yeah. That so is my favorite kind of support. <laughs> <laughs> take it, take this from me. Yes. That's, well, to me, like, one of the things that I, in the very pro-marriage column, and it's not marriage, but the very pro-sharing your life with another human being column, and I think that marriage is a good framework for that, um, is that, like, life is just easier when somebody else is helping you with half of yeah. the things like and, and mark and i share i i almost am like whew, what was it like to be a man in the 60s when you didn't have to do anything god but like <laughs> um but like mark and i share equal responsibility for literally everything like in money making clean like everything yeah. and so that to me is like so relieving and i just i love it it's like my favorite part of being married is that I don't have to feel the burden of all of life on my shoulders, you know? So the tangible support is the thing that, like, resonates with you the most. It resonates with me. I don't – I wouldn't say the most because – especially because that just feels like I'm betraying myself to say that the emotional support doesn't resonate the most. But, <laughs> but like, honestly – honestly, like, to be – well – Honestly, to be honest, it really in your does. In my day-to-day, it does. And also, I get a lot of the emotional support. Like, just to be truthful, a lot of the emotional support that I get in my life, I get enough from my husband, but I, I seek emotional support from other people as well as my husband. And nobody else helps me with the other tangible support. And so, like, that is the most valuable thing that Mark provides me. <laughs> yeah. And, which, and it also, like, it reminds me of our conversation about love languages. Yeah. And how they can change over time. Yeah. And that, that for both of us, I feel like acts of service has crept up. Yeah. As life has gotten more and more complicated. Yeah. You um, know, I have, not, I have not cleaned the snow off of my car once in seven years. Like, mm. yeah. And, like, that is just – that's a true fact. <laughs> yeah. And that – and, like, I will – and I told Mark the other day because our sweet little, like, news lady was saying on the news that, like, she was irritated that her husband hadn't cleaned the ca- snow off of her car. And I was, like, I, like, muted the TV and I looked at him and I was, like, you know, I love that you do it. And, like, if you don't want to do it, you should let me know because I've come to expect that you're doing it. But I will, like, never take it for granted that you are because it's it's really hard. Like, he'll wake up really early and do it. And especially, Lauren, you know, you're a teacher. On days that there's snow that has to be cleared off of my car – Homeboy probably doesn't have work that day. Yeah. And he'll wake up early anyway and clear off my car. Yes. And, like, and that that's is, amazing. If that, if that is not the most loving, tangible, act of service type of support. Yeah, I will never take that for granted. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, I have a thought now. I can't remember. Except for if I do point it out to me. <laughs> okay, I will. No, no props. Oh, I was going to tell you, my thought was that yesterday, so uh, snow is not a reality for us. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. 76 degrees today. Yeah, no, um, to do, well, and praise God for that. I mean, yeah, do we girl. deserve this. <laughs> yeah, but however, yesterday I was aghast and so offended to walk outside and find frost on my window. <laughs> and I was already late, and I don't know where my ice scraper is because I don't ever need it. And I had to unscrew my travel Yahtzee and, like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. My... <laughs> Not the travel Yahtzee. I know, right? And so I used my Yahtzee lid to clean off my car. Yeah, I've, I've been known to use one or two CD cases in my time. Nice. Uh, There's but, a reason Mark does this for you. <laughs> right. But again, ever since I've been married to Mark Bingaman, I have had an ice scraper in my car. So these are things that, these are things that have made my life 
immeasurably better. Like, guess what? Did you know that you could set the coffee the night before? Oh, girl. Actually, <laughs> uh, my coffee maker, we intentionally bought one. Oh, I miss our stuff. Our coffee maker is in storage, and we intentionally bought it so that we could uh, set it the night before. My parents have a bun, which is a nice one, but it's like one of those, like, it has a reserve of hot water. Oh, so yeah. Can't, it doesn't have a timer or anything. Oh, I hate that. And I, yeah. I like its cute name, though. Yeah, it's cute. Well, okay, um, anyway, keep going. I'm interested in this. Okay, so couples <laughs> can overdo being supportive, uh-huh. and here's how that, that can happen. Enabling um, codependence. Well, those are, that's interestingly not mentioned in this article. I don't feel like this is the most thorough uh, article out there. Well, she, um, only, she probably had a word limit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Let's go with that. I'm being generous. Um, okay, I, I am not feeling generous, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so okay. here, how couples can overdo being supportive. Couples complain about too little support far more often than they complain about too much support. About two-thirds of men and at least 80% of women want more support from their spouses. And this is all the numbers from that same study. Wait, wait, wait. I'm two-thirds and 80%. Help me with this. That's really, I hate that writing. I, I agree. Can Thank you. I that? don't feel generous. Generous. <laughs> two-thirds would be 66.666 repeating and 80% of men. Okay. So the numbers are not that different. I feel like the editor made that choice. And just so you know, I really disagree. I think it should be 66.6% and 80% because that helps me understand. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, okay, now we're switching back to fractions. Do you want me to yeah. go ahead and convert just for your comfort level? If it's convenient. Okay, sure. The, thir- <laughs> the 33.33 repeating percent of men and women who, re- re- <laughs> who receive too much informational support usually in the form of unwanted advice giving, had ah. the highest rate of marital decline. Very interesting. I mm-hmm. should send that to my husband. <laughs> I, I was thinking I should send it to myself. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I bet you my husband would say to say this and send it to me Are too. Like that it's, yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> I'm not having a stroke, but definitely got caught up on that word. He would say to, he would Here's what it is. I'm saying say the same thing about me and say to send it to me. That's where uh, I'm going to go. That's yeah. hard. Yeah, I know. So yeah, anyway. He, he would, sells seashells on the seashore yeah. ring yourself. Thank you. That's really validating. He would do that about me because I'm sure that I give like emotional and therapeutic advice. I've been actively trying not to do that. But I also really tell him that like he he coaches me and it makes me nuts. Like when he says... Also, like, if I do something wrong, okay, so let me give you an example. This last night, I was feeling, so, I had a ton of energy. Mark had had an, exa- the kids were rowdy yesterday, so Mark had, had an exhausting day. And so I was, like, going to do all of his, we call them our night chores, the chores that we both have to do at night, and we both yeah. have our set night chores. So I decided to do his night chores for him, and which are set the coffee pot and take the dog out. And so I took the dog out, and she peed, and we came back up. Well, the dog peed on the carpet in the middle of the night last night, which she hasn't done in forever. What the heck, Millie? I know. So she made a fool out of me. She made it look like I didn't walk her, which (laughs) I was so upset. And the more I protested, the more I made it look like I was lying about walking her. (laughs) Because Mark expects me to not walk her, really. And, like, that just irritates me. And so then, here's what he does. Then I am subject to a conversation, a capital C conversation Uh about how to responsibly take out the dog and Uh. then and then if I'm not on my best behavior I will be like don't act like my dad and then of course I'm acting like a teenager when I say that and then I'm doing that thing where we make our partner into the thing we make our partner the thing that we hate the most or want yes 
Yes. But Mark yeah. does that. And so, but, and I think what it is is that he's triggering. My mom was my horseback riding coach for years and it was awful. And I think that like he's triggering that part of me, maybe. Ah, so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And, I always, and I always tell him, don't be Coach Bing. And he says, don't be my therapist. So there we are. Well, yeah, it's probably fair. You never tell Caitlin um, to not be your nurse. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also no. haven't been pregnant yet. So, and I'm That's sorry true. again oh. to put it on you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I, I can see this in myself more Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm always trying to tell her, especially like in her personal relationships, she'll be telling me about something. And instead of just listening, I always want to like counsel and like, I think it's a teacher thing. Like I want to manage the situation and I need to learn that like, she's not asking me for that. I also am not the best person to do that because she's the one that's in the relationship, you know? Yeah. Although there have been times where, where I have... Like, she'll be telling me about a situation. I won't say anything. And then later on, we'll be talking about it. And I was like, yeah, when you told me that before, I thought X, Y, Z. And she was like, well, why didn't you say that? That's such a good idea. Like, you should have said that. Well, you know, I will say, and maybe this is jumping ahead, but Brene Brown says that when you're in a situation like this, one of the things that you should say is, what does support look like for you right now? Oh, yes. And I found that that works really well with me and Mark. Like, what I will say, if I feel tempted to give him advice, I'll say, like, what is it that you need from me right now? Like, do you want me to give you some therapeutic advice? Because I have some of that, but if you need me to just like listen to you and hug you, like I also am completely able to do that. And like, and I'll say it like in a way that's a little less annoying. Um, and he'll be like, that has generally, if he's like in a good space, that generally helps. Yes. Okay. That's ex- that a very excellent segue because here's, well, I have two things to say. The first is that I'm really getting this is Psychology Today, which is the same source that the other gendered research that I got really mad about came from. Psychology Today is very hit or miss. I uh, do not, as a, psych, as a psychology person, I don't necessarily endorse. Um, yeah, and neither do I. I mean, granted, this is from 2010. Right. So, whatever. And but still, though, like, let's... Still, it's a problem. You That's and I had some politics in 2010, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I've edited out most of the bullshit, but yeah. it's still there. So the idea So if we that, link to it, we're not endorsing the whole thing. Yes, exactly. So there's a um, the idea that if the quote unquote idea, if he really loved me, he'd really know what kind of support I need is not fair because no partner should have to be a mind reader. In fact, when it comes to marital satisfaction, both partners are happier if people ask for support when they need it. Mm-hmm. So duh. So this is my thought. I connected this with what you just said with the soft startups for these conversations. You don't have to have conversations about what you need uh, support wise during the heat of that moment because you may not know. Yeah. But I think it's really helpful or it's been helpful in my marriage to be like, talk about this stuff before and when, you know, have the conversation of when you feel this way or when you start speaking this way or you're talking in this particular manner, um, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What is the best way for me to help? Yeah. Um, we and have those established norms. Can I give you, I feel like I, I, tell me if I'm bulldozing you, but I have a really good example of a time that Mark and I just did this this week. Um, so we went to the grocery store together because both of us like didn't really have anything to do on Sunday and we needed to go to the store. So he was like, yeah, I'll come with you. And when I am at the store, especially when Mark is with me, he kind of takes on this role of like pushing the cart and telling me what to get next. And I'm like running through the store because I know the layout so well. And I'm just like zipping through trying to get done as fast as I can. So I get into this like hyper focus mode that is like um, 
characteristic of people with ADHD. And yeah. I, well, so we were at the fish counter and I was ordering a, some halibut. Um, just and, for the halibut? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just for the halibut. And um, <laughs> I was, and I had gotten a filet and it looked, yeah, you're hilarious. <laughs> Gather yourself. I just like almost had water come out of my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She is so funny. Thank you for the comedic relief. Um, So we were getting some flaky white fish and we were, um, I had seen a filet of it and I said, we'll just have one of those filets. Now in my mind, it doesn't matter what was happening in my mind. In my mind, we only needed one filet. Mark said, we needed more than that. And I said, you have no idea what you're doing. No, let me get this. And he says, no, let me correct you. And I say, you never come to the grocery store with me ever. And I always do fine on my own. So I don't need your advice. This is what I'm literally saying. And it's embarrassing for me to say this because now that I hear me repeating this back, I'm like, oh my God, this is not the right way to do any of this. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like throwing a fit about it. And Mark is like, you're being so extra right now. Like you really need to relax. <laughs> like you're like, you're like Max Katie. And like, that's what he says when I'm I'm like being way too much. He's like, you are at max Katie right now and you need to bring it way down. And like, of course that does not help, but I know what right. he means. Also not agree. <laughs> yeah. You're being so extra. Um, so then later I cooked the fish um, and he was correct. We did not have enough fish. <laughs> so, <laughs> because he thought he, at the store, he just gave up and let me get my way. And then later we didn't have enough fish. And I was so sheepish. He like looked at me and was about to give me a capital C conversation. And I literally, Lauren, I put my hands over my ears and I was like, I don't want to hear it. Please don't. Please don't. And so then he was like, okay, I won't. But like, do you get it? And I finally, like, for whatever reason, I was able to hear like how I was acting and like what I was doing. And he was also able to say like, I know what's happening. Like, I'm not mad at you. I know you're just focused. And so we came up with the idea of like a code word um, that he could use and to remind me of the conversation that we were just having and that I didn't want to be acting like that. And just a, a very neutral, non-defensive, non-attacking code I word to like jerk that. me out of it. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't want to be like that. I just need to be reminded. And oh my God, you're being really extra right now is not like healthy. It's not, yeah, <laughs> that's not the best way to do it. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. And I, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. So and that's me that asking him to support me. So that I can be a better wife for him. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because I want to, again, willing. When you are able to be the best wife, then that's that's positive for the whole relationship. I was literally saying, like, help me help you. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not it's not about what's best for me. It's not about what's best for you. It's about how are we going to be the happiest? It's going to we're going to be the happiest if we're both happy. That is so true. God, that is Mm -hmm. like the only thing I've been thinking about recently and how I think a lot of times, at least for me, I get in this cycle of like not remembering or not a cycle, but I can sometimes get stuck in not remembering that we as a couple can create the exact kind of relationship that we want. We have 100% total agency over that. Isn't that fun? I forget it. And then when I remember it, I can like, I bring it up and I'm like, Oh wait, we don't have to be doing this right now. And then when I say it, I'm so, I feel lucky. And I know that you feel like this too with Caitlin, that like when I show, when I say that to Mark, 
he doesn't he like sees that too he doesn't think of that as bullshit he's like yeah we can do whatever like there is a way for both of us to compromise and support each other in having what each other wants there is nothing else in your life that you have complete control and in terms of direction over the way that you do your marriage other than your own personal life well well you yes but also like you are a I don't want to say victim, but you are you are beholden to your circumstances. But in so your a, own personal life is like right, you know. But I would say in a marriage, you're also as as a child of divorce. I would say in a marriage, you're also beholden to the attitude and the willingness of your partner. Yeah, you know, like well, I guess you, you have to have two willing to navigate it. Yes. yes, and the first, and I would say like uh, from a clinical perspective, or like I. I was going to say as a therapist, and that sounded obnoxious, but then from a clinical perspective, sounds obnoxious too. But just <laughs> so as a therapist, I would say that the biggest hurdle that most of the couples that I work with is the first thing the willingness to soften and yes. try to see it. And like that is just because ultimately, like I feel safe, and this is a little off topic, but like I feel safe in my relationship knowing that both of us are soft in this way and like trying mm-hmm. to do the best we can. Because ultimately, if something happens and it does end, and, like, again, divorce, child, anxiety, I always think about these things. If something happens and it does end, then I can trust that it will be because we've both come to a a calm conclusion, not because of, like, fire and brimstone, you know? Right. I mean, it's not... We're we're team never divorce. Yeah, we're team never (laughs) divorce, and it would never be an option. But I know... I just... It's... Look... It's good to know that no matter what sad and tragic things happen in my life, I might not have to suffer trauma from them. And I do believe yeah. that there yes, is a difference between true. a tragic and a traumatic divorce. And yes. I and I think that if I were to divorce Mark, it would be tragic, but it wouldn't have to be traumatic. Yeah. You know? It's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, it is. And I just feel like I should write that down because I feel like I can explain that to my patients sometimes about the yeah, difference between go. tragedy and trauma. Yeah. Yeah, but <sighs> in thinking about... Support. Hold on, I had a thought. Tragedy. Shoot. Oh, uh, I often have to realize, or it has been peaceful, peace, peaceful. It has created a peaceful mindset. It has brought you peace. It is. It brings me peace. Okay. So one of the things I struggle with is that I tend to like over, I expect that whatever I want is going to be received as if I'm being unreasonable for wanting that. And so something I've learned in my marriage is that that there is nothing I could tell her that I want that is not, if I tell her in the right way that she won't hear me, even if I don't know how, even if she doesn't get it at all. It's so true about the right way, saying it in the right way. I completely agree. Yeah, we just had, like, a very good conversation recently trying to figure out what to do about this car because I am always at the mechanic. Um, and <laughs> it just, like, a really good, like, loving, peaceful conversation where we were expressing, like, things that could have easily turned into, like, heated, frustrating, fight fighting words. Those are oh, honestly my favorites. Huge. Yeah. Well, those yeah. are my favorite conversations that are, like, the hard ones where you are safe and held and connected the whole time. And, like, I and I don't... You know, I wouldn't choose to have them, like, for fun, but, like, those are the ones that make me feel the most connected and seen and loved, you know, where you can be talking about something dangerous in a safe way. Oh, it's so reassuring. Yeah. And, like, outside of my marriage, there are maybe, like, two or three other relationships in in the world and still not to the same degree that you can inside your marriage. I agree. I agree. Marriage is great. I highly recommend it. I know. I'm pro-marriage, too. I mean, come back to me in 10 years. But, like, I think you and I do a lot of really hard work. I was just, like, I 
I often talk to my mom about marriage and my mom and my dad are both on their second, I'll say their second marriages. My mom is not married, but like effectively so. And they are both doing their second marriages in ways that I'm really, like I admire a lot, but they also, my dad doesn't so much, but my mom admits a lot to the mistakes that happened in her first marriage. And she's also always, God bless her, checking up to make sure that Mark is being certain ways, certain expectations that she has for him, which I don't blame her at all. But the yeah. good thing is that um, she's not critical of him, but she, she'll, I hear her say things like, oh, that's good. Um, and the good thing about that is that my mom points out a lot that Mark does a lot to support me that it seems like maybe, and I'm not blaming my dad, but like, it just seems like maybe that wasn't because I, I believe that I believe that in certain relationships we're not set up to be able to be a supportive spouse. So I don't I just right. believe my mom and my dad were not a good match. And right. so um, but my mom wasn't supported in her marriage. And I just feel lucky for that. So anyway, yes, team never divorce, but team never divorces because you do the work. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Which is what well, this podcast here, is. One of the things that yes, yes. One of the things that can help you do the work is language. Yeah. And so um, agree. Talk about that. A heated discussion about a sensitive or contentious issue is one of the hardest times to give your partner the support they need. Duh. Um, Couples who use thoughtful words with emotionally charged partners, uh, words like, I think, here's my reason for, and because, signal to the other person that the speaker is either making sense of the conflict or at least thinking about it in a deep way. Yeah, yes, instead of speaking in absolutes. Do you have other um, specific verbiage that you recommend or that you use? Um, let me think about it because we had a difficult conversation this week and I said things, yes, I was just thinking, okay, so I was just thinking while you were saying that, that one of the things that I do is, um, start with my fear. So Mark and I had a conversation this week about Mark, unfortunately, again, Mark is now in the job application cycle and we're talking about maybe where he wants to apply for jobs and some of these places might require us to, to move. And we were talking about like where we want to live long term and we disagree on where we want to live long term. And it's an area of contention for us because it's really emotional for both of us. And one of the things that I was using while I was talking about it was I'm afraid to share this with you because I know it makes you feel upset and Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel upset. And, and yeah, and I, but I'll say, and and I, and then what I said was, but I know that it's important to you because it is. And I wasn't saying this to be manipulative. I know that it really is. But I, and I was just kind of reminding him and myself, honestly. But I know that it's important to you that I'm completely honest because I know that both of us want us both to be really happy in our lives. And, and that was exactly true. And he was in a place where he could hear that. And it, and it got him to open to my next statement, was, which was, I'm not sure if I want to live this close to your family and friends forever, <laughs> which is a right. really hard thing for him to hear. But I also say things like, and then my other strategy is to, when we're talking about it, make a lot of concessions. It's basically like, for me at least, it's like modeling how I talk to him the way I want him to talk to me. So if I say, so if he comes back to me and says, so one of the things that I said was, if we live just an hour away, we're close enough so that you can see everybody whenever you want to, but we're far enough away so that I don't feel smothered or too close to people. And he said, well, I, he said, well, I see where you're coming from, but the problem is that what if I want to go watch a, like a football game and I'll be having a couple beers, like 
both of you would freak out if I was on the road coming home after that. And he's and so what I said was, yeah, you're exactly right. That's really true. Like, even yeah. though even yeah. though that was a big ca- like tick in the category against what I wanted. But because I had given that preamble about how we both just wanted both of us to be happy, it reminded him and me of what our ultimate goal was. And him saying that was about his happiness. And he is, that's so true. I would be a wreck about that. Yeah, absolutely. But those are my two little things. Yeah, and I don't like the verbiage of like battles and wars. That's not, that's not the visual I like to use for marriage, but... I don't know another way to like really say that like you have your long game and then you have your like you have your Broadway performance, but then you have you have well, it's like immediate and long term gratification. It's immediate and long term gratification. I think it's like, and it's not even about immediate. It's like, it's big picture, small picture. I think not not battle and war. Big picture, small picture. Yeah, yeah. I know. Recently, we were talking about something, and I and I was like trying to make a point, and I said this isn't the factor like this isn't the deciding factor but it is a factor and here's how I feel yeah and I feel like that was like well received yeah yeah man see this is what in our very first episode we talked about some of the things that we really liked about marriage and one of the things that I said was that how it just like holds up a mirror to you and like teaches you how to be a person if you have a good person to do it with like a good partner and part of the reason why I want to delay kids still is because I'm so enjoying this period where I'm like where I'm learning how to be a person with this other person me too me too me too too. it also makes me like very much hurt for people who didn't have the choice in terms of childbearing and having to have children like you know if it's and that everybody's life paths are you know they are what they are yeah <laughs> and, I, and I believe that people can achieve this in any other context I'm just happy that I'm in it's that so place much right easier now. for me to do this when yeah there's not yeah like it is screaming toddlers. it is and I am just like for me it's less about comparison and more about like just enjoying the present of what I have right now. And like, right. I like this so much. I don't feel the pull. T- and I guess I'm saying that because like, that's just what you and I at this age think about all the time. But like, yeah, I just am really happy in the present. And I think you are too. Like, I just am enjoying mm-hmm. Mark so much. I was just about yeah. to say I'm enjoying Caitlin so much. <laughs> <laughs> I really am Excuse though. Me. She's lovely. She is lovely. Attached, I hear, but lovely. lovely. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately off the market. Um, yeah. <laughs> she has a very soothing touch. I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Um, the last little piece here. Okay, so all of I, I'm like cracking up to myself about the, the way I edited this. I literally took out all the words that when it said, because it was definitely very, very much wives need this and husbands need this. And I just felt so strongly that it was just people. And so I, everywhere it said husband or wife, I took out and put in partner. Yeah. Um, My sweet coworker says, like, he talks about your kingdom and, like, you're in control of everything in your kingdom, but he always says, or queendom, and I just, like, I love that. <laughs> so thank you. I love that for you, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the last little nugget is that of research is that researchers found this cognitive support not only helped prevent the argument from escalating, but it also lo- lowers certain stress enzymes. So that's kind of where the... Yeah, that makes complete sense. The idea of support. Yeah, and it also makes complete sense that the way that we use our words, we were just talking about this at work today, that the way that we use our words actually has an effect on our, like, physiological body. It's all connected. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, we, and it, <laughs> yes. And so let's true. loop it all back to attachment and how yes. uh, <laughs> it affects our mm-hmm. system. Right. This is fascinating. How you support, we can, 
again, like most of these topics, like you can't encapsulate them in like a 20 minute conversation. But the other thing I am fascinated by the difference between support and enabling. And that is all in my relationship. That is where the main when it comes to what our conversations about support are. I'm supported emotionally. I am supported like tan like not tangentially, tangibly. <laughs> I'm supported tangibly and tangentially. Um, uh-huh. But I, what we come into conflict with is tension between support and enabling and support mm-hmm. and codependence. And mm-hmm. Mark often feels a, um, a drive that I don't understand always to make sure that he's not enabling me. And I don't think we're anywhere even close to that. Um, so I feel like he's pulling away unnecessarily sometimes. And instead of like, where he could be supporting, he's um, pushing away. And so, but, and that's a conversation for another time because I think that it's really important to talk about the difference between in a lot of relationships, and I think it's really salient when it comes to parent-child relationships, in a lot of relationships, there's a ton of enabling behavior going on just because right. of love. Um, right. And, you know, I think that we should talk about that at another time. <laughs> yeah, I think this this would be a really good like this is a very good baseline, and we could do a whole episode on. Yeah, we just defined support, support and, and we can like and deep mm-hmm. dive later. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. All right, put it on your calendar for later. Yeah, just uh, under under later. What are you recommending this week? So I gosh, this week I had a lot that I was excited about, but I there's been a lot of really great content that's been making me think about big things recently. Um, And so I'm going to recommend in very brief ways, three things that I think are like fall under that umbrella, like excellent content that are making me think. The first is um, the HBO documentary um, Leaving Neverland about Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson. Um, What I will say about that is it's tremendously challenging to watch. I have nothing interesting really to say about whether or not you should listen to Michael Jackson's music anymore or not. I, I don't really care one way or the other. But what I will say is that when you see what these men are sharing, the amount of bravery that it takes to share that, I feel that um, if you feel called to bear witness to that, you should. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's really, um, it's really incredible, the degree to which they share and the vulnerability that they show. And I think that it's really, um, for me, it was a good experience to honor that vulnerability. And it was also a really good reminder of how these things can happen. Um, and again, just another reminder of how, like, what, what we're conditioned to be afraid of is not what we should be wary of often. So, um, that very thoughtful, tough to watch, make sure you're in a good place to watch it. Um, I've also heard that the, I haven't watched it, but the Oprah interview afterwards I've heard is like a very necessary coda to it. So I recommend Mm -hmm. that as well. Second thing I recommend is um, everybody knows that I'm obsessed with Dak Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert. Um, Lauren and I both listen. Today's Armchair or Experts on Expert episode was a guy, Johan Hari, who wrote this book, uh, Lost Connections, about about depression and the issues with treating depression um, and, like, how the psychiatric industry is... um, a very incomplete picture of how to treat mental health concerns. Um, mm-hmm. Fascinating, fascinating, amazing interview because Johan Hari also wrote a book um, called Chasing the Scream about addiction that I have not read, but I've heard is really good. And um, 
Dax Shepard is in recovery and actually really disagrees, really disagrees with Johan Hari on some points. And one of the things, yep. And one of the things that I love about armchair expert and one of the things that it's teaching me is like how to hold two different viewpoints at the same time in a really respectful and curious way. Um, and so I highly recommend it because every single thing out of Dax's mouth, I was like, yes, I completely agree. And every single thing out of Johan's mouth, I was like, yes, I completely agree. It was fascinating. Oh, I love that. I love yes. that. I love that. There's nothing more than I love, nothing more I love more than a well-reasoned argument on both sides. I cannot wait for you to tell me. And the other thing that I love, just to, like the other thing that I love about Dax Shepard is that to me, he is like an everyday challenge of toxic masculinity. Like I adore yeah. how I just, and so that that is... I could gush about it all day long, but that podcast is, like, very healing for me. Anyway, the third piece of content that I want to recommend is another podcast, Invisibilia, from, um, I guess it's yeah. still from NPR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, WNYC, specifically, I think. Okay. That, am I wrong? I have no I idea. Um, I didn't even know it was NPR. Um, the most recent episode, did you listen to it? No, no I don't think okay, so. It's called, on that one. Okay, it's called The Fifth Vital Sign. It's about pain, um, and... People might know about, like, the relationship between pain and the opioid crisis or whatever. But then the second story that they tell is about... Um, right. It's NPR. I just checked. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Check. Thank you for checking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should give credit where it's due. Yep. The second story is about um, a condition called amplified pain and about the um, doctors who are using a really controversial treatment for this amplified pain that um, often shows up most frequently in, like, adolescent girls. And... The controversial treatment is something that makes I will all I will say is that um, it gave me like full body chills because it makes complete sense in the framework that I've been studying for um, my clinical work recently um, about the relationship between um, feeling our emotions and then making making decisions with our rational mind at the mm-hmm. exact same time. And it's and then, then they use that concept applied to actual physical pain in the body. And it's just one of those moments of, oh, my God, the human the human system is so incredibly complex. It's like uh, for me, it's holy. So it was just it's an incredible. And I got chills because I was like, we're doing the exact same work at my clinic, just with with emotions and not Ooh, we're doing it with we're doing listen. it with psychological pain and not physical pain. And like so if that is not an endorsement, like. I, I wish I could say more, but it's for like a it, I could talk for hours about it. If anybody wants to like call me and talk about it, I will because I would love to explain to you how I'm using it in my therapy. But it is ugh. So anyway, content has been really great this week, and I'm thinking it's like a gift to me from the universe for my birthday. So yes, yes. oh good, oh I love those good content like it's yeah uh, waves floods. that happen. And oh I, yeah, honestly, and this is not trivial, and for any and I'm saying this because it helped me, and I hope it helps somebody else out there. In the moments in my life where I have been at the darkest and like if I have had to, for example, create a safety plan for myself, one of the things that has like kept me going is the idea that like there will one day be like incredible content coming out and like I don't yes, want to miss that. Absolutely. Like like there will be another thing that I loved just as much as I loved Bridesmaids and like that's coming one day. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to miss that. So. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. What are you I recommending? I was just I was just giving it up for a moment because I was like, there will one day be a show that I love as much as I love Orphan Black. 
There will be. Yeah, you haven't watched Friday Night Lights yet. Like, I just don't understand. I know. <laughs> like, it's, I know. Okay, maybe that's what I'll... Well, that show I is church for me. First, <laughs> I have watched that first episode, like, three times. Just, I've got to get past Just it. watch episode two. Just skip it. Okay. He All ends right. up in a wheelchair. Watch episode two. <laughs> okay. You know what? Now that you say that, I'm like, I think I have seen that episode Okay. okay. Yes. I'm gonna, I, I will give it another college try because you've never recommended anything that I haven't fallen in love with. And I want to go back to last, last week, two weeks ago, when you rec- recommended The Anthropocene Reviewed. Um, it <gasps> oh. has been such an amazing experience. I like honestly I have found myself crying about I just CNN got teared up listening to baseball injuries. Yep. And I've recommended it to my mom and my pastor. And like I just and my mom is obsessed with it as well. And it's just it is such a beautiful we um Easy to listen to too. Sometimes yeah, beautiful shows are hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's only like 15, 20 minutes. Um easy well easy to listen to in the like emotional state yeah. as well. Um because it's John Green, and he's just, he's got, like, a little dry silliness no matter what. Yeah. Um, but he's deep. <laughs> but the uh, the church that we go to is doing an art gallery for Lent, and so people bring in their works of art, and they've hung them up all over the church, and so Caitlin brought in, like, her pottery, and because I'm not an artist, um, I did it, I brought in a quote from the Anthropocene Reviewed, because I it was just, it was art to me. Yeah. I've just loved it. Um, yeah. My recommendation Wait, what was is, the quote? Oh, it's so good. I can't remember. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, you can't just, like, drop that and then not give us the quote. Okay, okay. It's from the Lascaux paintings. And also, can I just give, I'm going to give credit to Alex, our trusty listener and our dear friend, because he has been trying to get me into the Anthropocene Reviewed for a really long time. And for a long time, I thought Anthropocene was a synonym for octopus. And I was just like, I don't want to listen to a podcast about octopi. You mean about crustacean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. I don't know. I just thought that it was like, I thought it was something to do with like a sea animal and I just wasn't interested. But then Alex texted me like the week, I think maybe the morning that I recommended it on the podcast because I listened to it all in one day and said, just one more plug for Anthropocene Reviewed. Can't recommend it enough. And it was like his last ditch effort. And I was like, fine. Because I feel like he and I have this rule that like we recommend something once and we like don't take it seriously. But if we do it a second time, like if you call two times in a row, it's an emergency. Yes, exactly. And so I listened to it, and guys, trust us on this. It pays off. It's so good. It'll make you think in a a really, like, good way. Yeah, it will. Hang on just a second. I'm almost there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not that I'm, like, not happy to fill up the time with, like, running my mouth. (laughs) Happy (laughs) to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what I do. My patients are, like, sometimes they're – guys, sometimes – this is a dark joke I'm about to make, so if, if you feel like you don't want to hear it, you can mute the podcast for a second. But sometimes depressed patients are a real tough crowd, and so I, <laughs> I, bring, out, I bring out my, uh, my best, and I will, like, when they give me nothing is when I actually, like, turn into my worst self, and, like, I'm working on this in supervision, that, like, when patients give me no affect back when I'm, like, giving them, like, full therapist mode, I start to do what I call the song and dance, which is yeah. when I start to, like, crack jokes I shouldn't crack and, like, and what, which like joke did you do crack? voices. I did not crack. The joke that I just cracked now is that depressed patients are a tough crowd, and I thought oh, that that yeah, was maybe too dark. Bad. Is that no. not too dark? No, that, no, like, no. Obviously, they're a tough crowd. They're in the freaking no, hospital. Although, I'm also the, the daughter of, like, the queen of dark humor, so I, that's very low for me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, sometimes I just get, very, as Mark would say, a little extra. 
So extra, yeah, because yeah. Mark works with eleven-year-olds, as do I. Um, okay, so there's the quote. So it's about Lisco paintings, which, if you're not familiar, they are these cave paintings that actually are they have they literally have hand art, like the little kids make the turkeys. And so John says. Um, <sighs> Yeah. talks about how their hands are indistinguishable from ours. These communities hunted and gathered, and there were no large caloric surpluses, so every healthy person would have had to contribute to the acquisition of food and water, and yet somehow they still t- made time to create art, almost as if art isn't optional for humans. Uh, uh, uh. See, that's John Green, that's the stuff that he writes, you know. Yes, he's, he's incredible. Yeah. He's truly prolific and my mom my mom is probably the most well-read person i know and she i don't know that she's read she really has read everything i've ever read (laughs) i'm sure she has because i'm sure that she would have well you know how like every time i read something i'm like ask sandy what she thinks about this and she always has an opinion and i like send you a link to her goodreads review Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're friends on goodreads (laughs) yeah yeah she writes good stuff um wait what's your actual recommendation we're just talking about mine from last week (laughs) i will i know i am i will have one but I also wanted to say that my mom didn't love a book that was they, they listened to in her book club or that they discussed in her book club recently. And so she wrote a review of it on Goodreads, but she didn't want to offend her friend that picked it. And so she didn't make it public. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she, she did, that was did so she lie awful. in the book club? No, no. She's there. My mother, you, Sandy would never lie. Honesty is one of Sandy's, like defining characteristics oh my gosh i love that no 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 but she just didn't want to like openly be like my friend picked this book and it was stupid (laughs) she didn't want to shame her friend i love your mother she's the sweetest she is okay so my recommendation is a board game um always it yes always it is i actually haven't recommended a board game in a while i don't think (laughs) not since quirkle Um, not since quirkle which was i think our first so it's been 14 episodes it's time for another board game Uh, so there are this is sort of a board game universe. There, well, not really. It's a very small universe. There's two of them. So Sushi Go is a card game um, that is so fun. It has little pictures of sushi, and they all have these little um, facial characteristics, and they're so cute. They're, like, very cute little cards, and you have to collect sets. And then there's a version called Sushi Go Party, and it's bigger. Uh, you can play it, like, with, your, with one person or with four to six people. Um, it's just a really fun game, and it's... Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We played it with um, friends, and we've also played it just the two of us. Oh, I love yeah, a two-person a, game. Mark and I are always looking for that. Yeah, so here, and it's very – also, I've sent it to a lot of people as gifts because we're in a part of our lives where we can't be as um, um, – we can't give huge gifts, and yeah. so I sent like when I'm like thinking about somebody, I'll send them a sushi go because it's like eight dollars maybe, and it's a yeah. nice, it's a really fun little game. I love that. Okay, sushi go. Yeah. I'm putting it on my Amazon list now. Yep, please do. Okay. All right, and you can always find us on Instagram at, at how do I spouse. You can find us on um, at uh, send us questions at Gmail. You can send us questions on Instagram too. We love that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Still accepting at, questions at, always. Yep, how do I spouse at gmail.com. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah, I, I think, think we spoused. spoused. Oh, jinx. Ah, can owe you, you a owe Coke. Me a, well, can it be a beer or a grown Yeah, okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> I, love I owe you, you a boysenberry gosa. Love I, you too. Bye. Bye.